Do you like space? If so, you will love this podcast. I'm Jack Swanson. I'm Alice Alexiva. And this is Jack Teaches Alice About Space. Where Jack says knowledgeable things, and I try to provide the best commentary that I can. Fantastic. (laughs) I am so excited to learn. All right. So today for our inaugural episode, uh, we're going to talk about uh, something that happened kind of recently back in October of last year. I uh, wouldn't say that's recent. Well, that's okay. That's the recent in like space time. Space time, yeah. Okay. Honestly, what I realized when we had thought of this podcast, the last space rocket type situation that has happened was so long ago. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, the last like, time people space time's slow. It's quite. It's it's quite slow. The last time people were around the moon was in 1972. That sucks. How do we know even know if the moon is real? I know, not, I mean, anymore. It could have probably faded out of existence at this point. Okay, let's move on. Okay, <laughs> so October eleventh, uh, two thousand eighteen, uh, there was a launch of two astronauts um, on board the Soyuz rocket, which is a very, very old one. Uh, that that rocket was introduced in the nineteen sixties, and it's still in use today. Here in America? No, no, no. It's, oh. it's a Russian rocket. Of course, those Russians are using old technology. Continue. Yeah, they haven't really innovated much since... Uh, Listen, they've been on the downfall since the Soviet Union. Basically. The economy the economy isn't the best. I mean, sure, communism isn't great. But, you know, they had values of science and technology that just aren't there anymore. No, not really. Um, it's it's kind of sad. But anyway, so the, the Soyuz rocket, it's, it's quite old. Uh, and on October 11th of last year, um, a few minutes after they took off, they were going to go to the International Space Station uh, and do some science there. Uh, uh, as one does. As one does on the International Space Station. Uh, after A few minutes after takeoff, uh, they went through what is called stage separation. So it's where like the... It's when the launchers detach, right? Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. So I know things. The way the Soyuz has it is there's like four like side boosters. And then they kind of all peel away from the main rocket. Yeah. And when they were doing that uh, last October, what happened was one of them didn't peel away. Uh, and what happened is it, it turned Was it because of like a rusty bolt or something? Actually, yeah. One of the explosive... Oh. <laughs> so like there's explosive bolts that try to yeah. force it away. One of them didn't fire. So... <laughs> Such so, a Russian thing uh, yeah. happened. <laughs> I can say that because I'm from Russia. Yeah, yeah. So you're not, you're, honestly, <laughs> we're not being those prejudicial. Fools, those fools. <laughs> well, okay. So, so, so that uh, failed, and what happened was that booster uh, just went back into the rocket, like it turned around, and like a missile hit the rocket. That must have been terrifying. There's a there's a video of it. There's a video. I of would it, like and to it see that after this. Absolutely, well, I will show it to you. It is terrifying. I can't imagine what yeah. they were thinking. But uh, so luckily, though, they um, the two astronauts on board. Uh, actually, I should clarify. It wasn't two astronauts. It was one cosmonaut and one astronaut. So a cosmonaut, somebody who flies from I Russia. I was about to yeah. ask. Yeah. So there, there's cosmonaut Alexei. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I'm going to butcher this Here. pronunciation. Do you want you, you want to help me? <laughs> Alexei Ovchinin. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not going to try to attempt uh, to say that, uh, but I can say this one: astronaut Nick Hague. So, <laughs> so those, 
those were the two um uh the two on board space warriors space the two space warriors space buds um so they uh they were on board but they lived they were fine uh even though the entire rocket uh was completely destroyed uh, and and it basically blew up they were totally fine because of something called an a launch escape system that was designed for instances specifically like this so what happened was there were basically these tiny little rocket motors on the capsule that they sit in at the top of the rocket mm-hmm. that fired uh, to push it away from the self-destructing rocket at this point. Uh, and then they didn't make it to orbit. They obviously didn't go to the International Space Station. They, they landed. Uh, they, they landed pretty shortly after that. So they landed about 18 minutes after they took off. Now, when you say landed... I feel like every space movie I've watched, landing is not what one would think landing is. It's just falling onto the Earth. Yes, basically. I will say the Soyuz, though, has a pretty nice landing system. So, I mean, a lot of the American capsules just kind of plop themselves in the water. Yeah. With really no regard to where, I mean... Like that one Sandra Bullock movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, But the the Soyuz, that lands on, on land... Uh, nice and the uh, the the in a giant in, in like a, the plains of Kazakhstan basically it just yeah I was gonna say it makes way more sense for them to have a land landing <laughs> <laughs> spacecraft because there's not a ton of water really around like much more land to water proportions more so than here in the states yeah most definitely we I mean, have like two huge oceans on either side <laughs> yeah I mean that was a practice started in the Soviet Union. When they, you know, My when piece. Kazakhstan was a part of the Soviet, the, the Soviet Union. Union. So um, what the, the Soyuz lands by detaching its heat shield, which normally, like, when you're re-entering the Earth's atmosphere from space. It's really hot. It's really, really hot. Um, Friction. Yes, exactly. Um, so that detaches its heat shield, and then there are tiny little rocket motors uh, that uh, just, put, like, literally, like, you're a foot above the ground. Those fire to make it a nice, soft landing. With the parachute and everything. I don't want to say that sounds pleasant, but it definitely sounds better yeah. than what I had imagined. It, 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 uh, most people have described it as pretty nice. It doesn't look nice because when the rockets fire, it creates this huge dust cloud, so it looks like it just slams into the ground. Yeah. Um, anyways, they landed fine. Uh, Good for them. They experienced about six to seven Gs of gravity, so that's six to seven times the force of gravity on descent. Is... Can you put that into perspective? Yeah, sure. So the fastest production car available today can go from zero to 60 miles an hour in, I think, in like 1.9 seconds, which is insane. Speedy. But doing that puts you, I think, at about 1.5 G, 1.6. So even like that insane amount of acceleration is not even two. They experienced about seven. Um, which well, they is, go through training for all of that, right? Yeah, like the yeah. spinning thing. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they have centrifuges. <laughs> yes, they do go through training uh, with the spinning things. Yeah, um, uh, I would not pass that. I have been on one roller coaster in the recent years, and I passed out on it. So, well, that yeah, I wouldn't advise. Yeah, doing anything like this then. Uh, anyway, so they wasn't intending. <laughs> They were fine. Uh, they didn't have any injuries. Nothing Nothing was uh, the problem with them. But obviously, the Soyuz uh, launch 
that failed, that aborted, and they uh, they halted all Soyuz launches immediately after that. I bet there was a lot of like political recoil over that. Oh my God, you have no idea. It, it was insane. <laughs> like is, uh, what's his name again? Alexei, is he okay? I yeah. feel like he's like a political prisoner now. <laughs> I guess like times I'd... have changed. If you like disappoint your nation, you're not. Yeah, I, I think he's fine politically. Uh, the director of uh, Roskomos, the the Russian space agency, is not fine. Uh, he's under a, a lot of a lot of fire for this. Yeah, I mean it's a bolt. Yeah, it's, like and I don't I don't expect you to get into the mechanics of it, but I mean it's a bolt. It is a bolt, and, and there it's was, a pretty important one. Like it's not. It's yeah, definitely I mean, crucial. Uh, it could have killed him. Yeah, if they hadn't acted faster. And Jeez. and interestingly enough, actually, like a month before this happened, there was a hole found in one of the Soyuz docked at the International Space Station, <laughs> like about about like an inch in diameter, a pretty sizable hole just in the side of it. And um, it was determined that that was at fault of the Russian manufacturing process. And this after the investigation concluded of this launch failure, it was also blamed on Russian manufacturing Techniques. I'm not surprised. <laughs> so uh, the it's just like the, beyond even the space things, Russian manufacturing isn't great. Like I'm just the first thing that comes to mind is Russian cars. They have this one. Uh, I don't know now, but they used to have. It was called a Lada, and they had like a sedan, and then they had a station wagon version of it. And they were impossible to drive. And, like, wheels would just come off of it. Even, like, oh my new. God. Even new ones. And they didn't have... At that time, like, power steering had become normalized. And the Russians were like, we don't need that. Obviously but really, not. read into that. It's just because they couldn't make power steering, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. There's just... I don't know what's going on over there. Russian manufacturing. Yeah, it's become it's become kind of a problem, uh, especially with uh, the Soyuz. And, and the Soyuz yeah. isn't their only rocket. Back to space. They have, yeah, they have, <laughs> like, there's another one of their rockets, the Proton, that has failed, like, nine times out of the it's last called, ten Excuse launches. me, it's called the Proton? Yeah, the Proton rocket. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that if that's... That doesn't sound tough at all no, compared it's, to No, it's kind of a... I mean, it's a pretty cool rocket, but it kind of sucks now because it fails almost all the time. You don't want that in a rocket. You don't want that in a rocket. Most definitely not. Um, now, the Soyuz, though, the Soyuz, though, uh, has only had these failures recently. Yeah. This was the first launch failure of a Soyuz in 37 years. Oh. Uh, it is actually um, the safest rocket ever launched and the most rocket ever launched. It has the, the best record of any rocket um, and has been launched more than a thousand times, which is way, way more than any other rocket in, in history. What are some of its notable journeys? Um, not like... like uh, has it been to the moon? No. The only spacecraft, that, like human spacecraft that have been to the moon uh, was the Apollo uh, project that NASA sent back in yeah. the 1960s and 70s. Russia's never been to the moon? Nope. The, only the Whoa, U.S. has been wait. to the moon. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, it's kind of sad. They really lost the space race. Then. Oh, they wasn't they that like the ultimate hard. finish line of the yeah that was space race. Yeah, was getting to the they, moon. Yeah, they took it hard. They actually. But I'd like to point out: didn't Russia send a dog to space? Yeah, Laika. Nice, Laika, Laika the space dog. 
that's cool. I mean, yeah, they didn't get to the moon, but hey, they got a dog in space. Yeah, and they had no plan of recovering her either, so she died about eight hours after launch. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say like after eight years. No. Well, it was initially planned that she would stay up there for like a week or so, um, but then the the uh, there was an electrical failure on board and it overheated and she died. Rest in peace. Yeah, that was a sad story. Let's let's yeah. let's make it not so sad. Yeah. <laughs> let's not end on that. Let's not end on that. So this was the first Soyuz launch failure in 37 years. Like I said, the one before that uh, also involved um, uh, uh, people and Good. and and involved a launch escape system. So thank God they have those, right? Yeah. Well, those were the the launch escape system was introduced um, in the 50s. Uh, as an idea, and then the Americans were the first one to really use it uh, in their early rockets, the Redstone rocket in 1960. Um, and then the the Soviets pretty quickly realized its importance and, uh, and adopted it because <laughs> uh, we obviously don't want uh, people to die uh, in, in, in catastrophic failures. So the, the one that happened, the, the Soyuz failure that happened last October pales in comparison to the ridiculousness of the one that happened in 1983 um the one <laughs> that one uh is 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 pretty ridiculous so it was uh, it was another it was a soyuz launch of again two people um i'm not going to try to pronounce their names if you want to come and uh and 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 try to pronounce their names uh you can vladimir titov and who strelikov yeah, okay, so Commander Vladimir and <laughs> Flight Engineer. Our boy Vlad. Uh, our boy Vlad here, yeah. Um, don't worry, they both live too, uh, thanks to nice. a, a launch escape system. But So these two were on board. It was an older version of the Soyuz. It was called the Soyuz U, uh, and they were going to go. <laughs> that sounds so trendy. The, so- yeah, the Soyuz U. This... Um, uh, they weren't going to go to the International Space Station. It did not exist in 1983. Um, when did it begin existing? So the first module, it was it was constructed in space. So they built it in tiny parts and then God, sent up a bunch so of rockets. Cool. Uh, so the first part was actually sent up by the Russians in 1998. Uh, so that's the first. Uh, the, the first one uh, was was All sent right, up so in 1998. So we're in 93 though. Or 83, sorry, not 1993, 1983. Um, but this, the, the, I guess it was the Soviets. They fell pretty quickly after this. But um, they uh, had a lot of space stations. Uh, the U.S. only had one space station before the International Space Station. The Soviets had, like, 15. Well, yeah, when you don't get to the moon, you just have to rebound <laughs> somehow, and that's just by throwing some space stations. Yeah. And you got to flex something, and they decide to go with the space station. They were route. cool at first. Like they were really cool and innovative, and then this was so. This was the Salyut Seven space station. So this was the seventh already, and it was basically just carbon copies of the other ones. Yeah. So at this point, it was kind of getting boring. But this launch was not boring. So they were going to go to the Salyut space station, the Salyut Seven uh, space station. Um, interesting note here: years after this happened in 1985, um, Salyut Seven uh, lost contact with Earth. That is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. That is so scary. There was nobody on board. There was nobody on board. Oh, okay. Luckily, um, but it was actually kind of a, a um, it was it was really old at that point, so it was becoming crippled by electrical problems, and all of the systems basically shut down, and the station just kind of began to just drift aimlessly. They didn't have any control over it. Um, 
So instead of deciding to just build a new one and and just scrap it, uh, it was a real. It was actually a really cool mission, the Soyuz T T thirteen mission, um, uh, which one uh, that were in the words of the author David Portry, quote, it was one of the most impressive feats of in space repairs in history, uh, and it managed to bring the station back online. Um, so I don't know. Interesting note about Salyut seven. That was two years after this. Um, so this, this, this was a launch plan to go to the Salyut 7 space station, two people on board, and... So we're back in 83, right? We're back in 83. Okay. We're back in 1983. Uh, it's about 90 seconds before liftoff. So they're, they're crunch running... Crunch time, crunch it's time. It's crunch time. This is where, this is where, this is make or break kind of stuff. Um, so we're about gotta, 90 seconds. Gotta check the bolts. You gotta check the bolts. <laughs> um, no problems with bolts in this one. Good, good. Um, other problems. Uh, uh, so about 90 seconds... Uh, there was a valve. Uh, a valve failed, <laughs> not a bolt. <laughs> Those pesky valves. Those pesky valves. A valve failed, and what it caused, <laughs> it caused nitrogen, pressurized nitrogen, to enter what's called a turbo pump. Where is the nitrogen coming from? So, why do you need nitrogen? So uh, this actually goes into why you need a turbo pump too. So um, and yes, and what a turbo pump is. So basically, like when when you're building a rocket, you need really 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 high pressures of your fuel um in order for it to produce any thrust combust, yeah, yeah exactly well and because like you can like burn kerosene but like it's not going to make you fly into space you need it at extremely high pressures and then mm-hmm. throw it out the back of your rocket in order to yes. get to space um so one way of doing that is just hold it in its tanks at super super high pressures um, the problem with doing that, though, is you need really, really thick tanks, and then that adds a, it makes your rocket super heavy and kind of suck. So um, what they do is, what, what most rockets do, not all, but most, um, is they have it at, a, at lower pressures, and then it gets fed into what's called a turbo pump, which basically spins the fuel. Mm-hmm. At really, really high speeds. I mean, with a name like Turbo Pump. With an incredible name like Turbo Pump. Yeah, it spins it at super high speeds, which increases the pressure drastically, and then it sends it into the into the combustion chamber. So it doesn't have to hold the entire thing at really high pressures. It just has to hold that one tiny, that very small area at really high pressures. Okay. And the nitrogen is used to just kind of force all of that stuff into the turbo pump. So the nitrogen doesn't react. It doesn't blow mm-hmm. up or anything like that. It just kind of forces all of the fuel uh, and oxidizer, fuel and oxidizer into the turbo pumps, um, like creating pressure from top down. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a bad valve uh, that, that failed, and it just let nitrogen alone with no fuel into the turbo pump. Which is a problem because the fuel, um, even though the turbo pump's designed to go really fast uh, with no fuel to slow it down, uh, the turbo pump really, really, really quickly went full turbo. Went full. (laughs) Yes, it went full turbo uh, and it exceeded its design limits um, within seconds. Yeah. um, So uh, it really, really quickly exceeded its design limits. So the turbo pump then fails. Uh, and it, it it gets sent flying into the fuel tank uh, and ruptures the fuel tank. You need that. You, you need that. That's not a good thing. No, that's more than a bolt at this point. It's more than a bolt. It's not good. Uh, so it ruptures. It allows uh, the, the fuel, which was RP-1. RP-1 is like li- uh, rocket-grade kerosene, basically. Uh, what so entails rocket-grade? Honestly, I don't know. 
I, okay. I, I've we'll all look into it. We'll look into it later. Uh, we'll get back on that one. But um, so RP one just the 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 rocket fuel is just kind of leaking out at this point all over the base. There's just like of the I hope base no of the one's rocket. smoking. No one's smoking. Don't worry. No one. <laughs> no. <laughs> No one's smoking. Hey, it's Russia in the 80s. I, I would... will say, though, there is smoking in this story. Okay. There are cigarettes that show up later. Don't worry. Uh, but not at this wait. point. Okay. Um, so there's just there's just fuel just kind of leaking all over the place. Um, and, of course, uh, when, there's, uh, when there's fuel just kind of leaking all over the place, you need an electrical failure. Uh, there was a spark. Um, so all of it starts on fire. So now oh. there's an enormous raging fire at the bottom of your rocket. Which, might I add, is filled to the brim with rocket fuel. So it's basically just a bomb. The entire rockets are essentially bombs, mm-hmm. uh, and your bomb is now on fire with two people on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's not good. No. The launch control team is looking at all of this, uh, <laughs> and they, like, man, they, they say to themselves, well, "We should probably do something about that." Yeah. Uh, that's probably not a good sign. We sound. should get on that. We should get on that, yeah. Probably we should definitely soon. do it, yeah. So so what they try to do is they try to activate the launch escape system. So at this point in our in our in the previous one, the one that happened in October of last year, that had that launch escape system just had like some small rockets on the bottom of the capsule. When it's at launch like this, they're enormous rockets on the top of the capsule. It's called the launch escape tower. Because it, it looks like a tower and it's got super powerful rockets. Basically, it's to just kind of rip it away from the uh, vehicle on on launch, mm-hmm. um, and then that's usually jettisoned uh, after a while, and then it goes to the backup launch escape system, which is what was used in October. Okay. So they still have the tower on their side, which is good. So that's what the launch control team tries to do. Um, they push a button and they're like, "All right, let's get them out of there, so this doesn't this isn't a problem." Uh, and then when they push the button, though, nothing happens. Uh, That's mildly terrifying. Yeah, it's 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 not a good situation. No, uh, all around bad situation. So they push the button a couple times, nothing happens, uh, and they realize that the control cables responsible for activating Did they that to plug something in. No, they'd burned through. The, oh, the, oh, don't worry, they didn't mess okay. that up. I was gonna chuckle for a long time <laughs> if they forgot to just plug something in no not nothing okay. nothing that egregious but they um uh the control c- cables had burned through completely so there was no way they could Yikes. turn it on well there there was what there was was there was a there was a radio command you can't obviously burn radio communications yeah. but it was a backup one in case those c- cables That's failed good that they... the the problem with the backup radio one though is that it required two independent operators to receive two separate commands to to activate it and they both have to push different buttons within five seconds a lot of coordination a lot of coordination and they're not even in the same rooms so like there's like two facilities on the opposite end that both have to recognize that something's amiss and -hmm. they have to do it within five seconds wow so they tried a lot of responsibility on those guys an insane amount of responsibility uh and it and it kind of took a while um they didn't get on it well they, they couldn't get it done right away um well, yeah, because you don't have, like, self... Well, I guess, ooh, 80s, do you have self... Well, you can't send, like, an iMessage to your buddy across... No, there's... Across the campus and <laughs> be like, hey, no, listen. No, just... Yeah, they they just send, like, emojis, just, like, rocket yeah. fire <laughs> <laughs> emoji. The X Please. emoji. X emoji, maybe, like, a little skull or something like that. Yeah. Send help. Um, eventually, though, they do get it to work, and the launch escape system fires. Um, and um, apparently... 
So set the timeline. For how long had it been since the big fire erupted at this point? Are we talking like minutes? Are we talking upwards of an hour? We're talking seconds. Oh. So this like, so like oh. I said, we're like 90 seconds to launch. So like they're yeah. going to launch in 90 seconds when Whoa, it fails. Okay. So it fails. So like the turbo pump I explodes. Would, I would have probably taken 90 seconds just to assess the situation. So I mean, good for them for. Yeah, no, they they were actually they were kind of on it. Procedure. Yeah. yeah, they got it done pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, this is like 90 seconds. So like the, the fire started like almost immediately after that. So the fire's been burning for maybe 30 seconds at this point. 30, 40 seconds. Still a very terrifying amount. Yeah, still like a, a lot of just to like watch a fire burn at the base of what is essentially a bomb for like yeah. 30, 40 seconds. So that's not good. No. Um, but they did get it. They got it to work. So the launch escape system fired uh, and it pulled them away two seconds before it blew up catastrophically. Snaps. Two seconds. <laughs> Which, One, two. That's yeah. very that short was, Yeah, they, they cut it. Pretty damn close. That was pretty intense. Um, so like I said... Where does it launch them to? Uh, like, where were they going? Oh, no. oh, the, the launch escape system? Yeah, like, where... <laughs> it, uh, they... It's so good if it just launches them back into, like, the fire area. No, it doesn't It doesn't go as directly upwards. It has, like, these... Um, it has four rockets on it, and then one of them is slightly less power than powerful than ah. the other one, so it kind of, like, tilts them off tilts. to the side. Okay. Um, How far did they go? About, uh, let's see, they're about two and a half miles away. They nice. landed about two and a half miles away from the launch pad. So it it did its job most definitely. Um, but uh, the the rockets that are on the launch escape tower are um, significantly more powerful than the ones that were used uh, last October. Mm-hmm. So like I said, the one that happened last October, they experienced about six to seven Gs. Uh, these poor fellas experienced 19, <laughs> 19 Gs oh, of acceleration. No. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> that's scary to go into the double digits and pretty well into the double digits. Yeah. That can kill you, uh, if you experience it for too long. Um, they, I assume they passed out. They did not pass out. Oh, they were fine. Well, kind of, uh, I thought, I feel like the human body passes out at like nine or ten yeah if you like hold it for a while they yeah. were only, they they only experienced it for like a brief period of time okay. like maybe 10 seconds god space time is so weird yeah a lot of space time a lot of a lot of relative yeah, <laughs> yeah lot, so this this is all happening very 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 quickly yeah uh but I've but still not an enjoyable it. experience i'm sure for them oh no um i mean it's so i'm just thinking these two guys we're probably so excited to go into space. Yeah. And you know, I'm just thinking, I don't know what, like, did they know that there was a, <laughs> I'm just thinking, what if they got out of their little capsule two and a half miles away and they're like, are we in space? <laughs> <laughs> did we launch? Because they got launched they, away they from did the launch. fire, like on schedule, basically with their like actual launch. I mean, I guess it's they probably knew, but I'm just thinking how hilarious it would be if they just stepped out of there. And yeah, somebody should make like a cartoon about that. Yeah, 
That would be pretty funny. Uh, no, they didn't know what was happening. Um, yeah, they, I they, assumed so. But they didn't have windows. I wanted to have that moment. Yeah. They didn't have windows to like see the fire or anything like that. Because yeah, I'd imagine that'd be pretty terrifying. But like they go through about two and a half years of training before flight. So that's what I was gonna and and part of that is like simulated launches. So like they knew they what it known, should feel yeah. like and sound like. So when they at the felt, same time, nothing really prepares you. For, like, no, the real no, thing. definitely not. But they felt yeah. like strange vibrations going on so they knew that like something was yeah. was wrong and then once they experienced 19 g i'm pretty sure they could figure out what had happened yeah um but uh so they they landed um about two and a half miles they used a, it was a special fast acting parachute uh not not a normal one so a, a more quicker deploying uh they landed fine um the two of them were really badly bruised uh because of the acceleration pushing them back into their seats and like yeah. just kind of being tossed around in the air i remember i got into a car accident once when i was young and i had a bruise from the seat belt for like a few weeks so i can't even imagine yeah this i mean they're going through yeah they're they they were going Ouch. through some pretty intense stuff uh they were badly bruised uh, but otherwise they were they were pretty fine they didn't break anything they didn't break any bones no the cool. seats that they sit in are like the most padded things sure. you can imagine gotcha so that other, yeah, they they were fine more or less. Rescue crews got to them pretty quickly, um, and the first thing they asked for when they stepped out of the <laughs> is capsule, <this> space. <laughs> that 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 would have been funnier. No, they asked for cigarettes. I told I told nice. you cigarettes were going to show up in this story. Nice. They asked for cigarettes. Um, the crew My didn't people. have any cigarettes, but what the crew Bummer. did have to calm now, them down. Yeah. What? Keep keep going. Well, the the crew didn't have any cigarettes to give them Surprising. to calm them down. Uh, what they did have to calm them down was many many shots of vodka. Classic. It's classic. It's, it's a 1983. We are in Russia. They get vodka. I mean, they deserve it. They do deserve it. It. I mean, it was to calm them down. That was the explicit purpose. Of course, science. Yeah, we're all about that. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. Yeah. So they were fine. Um, a few years later, uh, the two did an interview with the American History Channel regarding that incident, and um, they said that- Two the f- years later? A few years later, like, I think like maybe 10 or 15, I don't know exactly oh. how many. They were doing- That's an- more than a few, Jack. I don't know. A few, Look, I'm thinking like three to five. Well, I don't, I don't know how many. I just said okay. a few. I was just asking because like, are we post-Soviet era? I think I so. I feel like- Soviet. I just keep going back on the Soviet Union would not want this to get out. Yeah. Well, they, they didn't. Uh, they it, it it didn't come out until basically the collapse of the Soviet Union yeah. when they figured out when everyone realized. Oh, oh, good secrets. God! You almost killed two people. Yeah. Okay. So what what was this interview like? Well, so the interview was mostly uneventful. It was just kind of telling them what had happened. But they said that the first thing they did um, after they landed, like took took like takes like seconds. Just yeah. like fire landed, they're bruised. They are freaked out. Their nerves are just really high. The first thing they did was they turned off the cockpit voice recorder. Um, so there's like, uh, so like they can um, communicate with their control tower, um, but they can't hear anything that they like. You know, a normal conversation yeah. or whatever. So they have uh, cockpit voice recorders to just record everything, regardless if it's going to the control tower or not. Okay. Um, uh, but they turned that off. They turned that off uh, because, uh, as Titov put it, uh, quote, we were swearing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I. That's fair. Yeah. 
fair. That, they uh they they didn't want that to be on the official record of them just Good for letting them. it out. I would not have thought to do that. I would just I would just let it rip. Yeah. I and mean they be, and they then at might the end have. be like, Oh man, crap, left mm. the recorder on. Yeah. My nation's gonna be disappointed in me. <laughs> but that's smart of them. Yeah. They and, uh, they and they just calmly climbed out and were like, We we need a smoke. We need a smoke. Somebody got you got a light? God. So the capsule that uh, they were in um, didn't go to waste. It was refurbished uh, and used. <laughs> it did. What? It did end up going to space. <laughs> I mean, good for that. I didn't know you could refurbish space parts. Like, I yeah. I didn't think you could just take the risk on things like that. Oh, it happens all the time. I didn't even buy refurbished like technology now. So it was later reused in 1986. It did go to space. I'm happy for it. Uh, and they also did go to space on a later mission. Oh, yay. They, they, yes, this would have been, um, so the commander, Titov, our buddy Vlad. Vlad. This, was, this would have been his second time in space. Uh, the flight engineer, Strekalov, uh, that That's would have been his first. But he did end up going to space uh, later. Not with Vlad, sadly. Aww. But they, they, they'd, been through, they'd been through a lot. But, um, I hope they're friends. I think, I think they might be. I don't know. Are they still alive? Uh, I honestly have how no idea. How old were they? Uh, I don't really know how old ash. Like, you can't be above forty-five and be an astronaut. The average age of becoming a NASA astronaut is thirty-six. Whoa! Because the requirements are like insanely high, so like you need to spend a lot of time doing other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Now that you say that, I guess like you're conditioning your body from like a young age. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you don't, yeah, you're not going to wake up one day as a 36-year-old and be like, I want to be a NASA astronaut. Yeah, no, Like, you've already not. qualified to be a NASA astronaut by the time you're 36. Yeah, and that's, okay. yeah, a lot, I mean, okay. like, a lot of NASA astronauts are either, like, fighter pilots uh, that, like, have been flying supersonic jets for a decade. Yeah. Or they're, like. I mean, yeah, that's a good. Really accomplished researchers and have, like, four PhDs. Interesting. And obviously you need time to do all of those things, so yes. 36. But I don't know how old they were. They were probably in their 30s, so that was, what, 86? So I don't know. I can't do math. They're probably alive. They're in like their 70s, their 80s now. God, I bet they're so cool. Probably. Yeah, if we, should, uh, we should get in contact with uh, our buddy Vlad, <laughs> see, see how he's doing these days. Yeah. And Alexi, the cosmonaut from last October. Yeah. It's pretty cool, too. He went through a similar ordeal. Definitely not as bad, I would say. Um, I think missing death by, by two seconds is slightly worse. Slightly. But, I mean, it's good that they... Not that it's good, but I guess it's better that they didn't know what was happening in the moment. Yeah. I feel like they would have panicked. Well, I guess they're trained. I don't know. Yeah. There's some. No, I, well, I would panic, but I'm nowhere near qualified. To do. <laughs> the ocean scares me. Don't even talk to me about space, even though that is the whole purpose of this podcast. Do you have anything else to add to that? Uh, that that that's those are the, basically the the two times that la- launch escape system has been used on people. They've been tested Countless thousands times. of times. You'd um, want to test something like that. Yeah, they get tested. Uh, you know, all all the time. Just got to check the bolts and the valves. Yep. But before they had launch escape systems, uh, and even after the launch escape systems were introduced, um, not every rocket used them. Uh, in fact, the Soviets and the United States uh, used 
um, ejection seats. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up launch your people outside of your rocket mid-flight. Uh, I don't know. How to, <laughs> I, I don't even have they, anything to say to that. They, yeah. Nothing shocks me anymore. Yeah, that one was uh, probably not the best idea. The space shuttle had ejection seats. So the space shuttle um, was like designed uh, in a way that would make it so you there's no way you could build a launch escape system for that rocket. So yet they just kept on using it. Yeah, and it it it, it, it did become a problem. So like for the first three launches, they had ejection seats in them, mm-hmm. and then they realized that we could save weight by just not having ejection seats. So they took <sighs> them out, and there was no launch escape system. If I was an astronaut, I would not get aboard that. Yeah, I don't care how much I loved space. If there's no way out for me, nope. Yeah. Not getting in it. Not a good one. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry if anybody's a real big fan of the space, space shuttle, shuttle, but I am not. I mean, I am not it, either it did, anymore. It, it, I know look, very limited things, but I have not heard a single thing that I like about it. It did, like, I mean, it, it did allow a lot of people to go to space. It basically built the International Space Station. Um, and it's, and it did have a lot of accomplishments. But at what cost? <laughs> N- and not, o- not only just like, People-wise, it was the most expensive rocket to launch per launch. <sighs> it was like it was like it was designed to save money, so like you could reuse it. But what ended up happening was it was so complex, and you needed to do like so much maintenance on it after each flight that it ended up costing like more than a billion dollars every time it launched. That's so silly. Yeah, not a good one. <sighs> yeah, and the Soyuz only costs like. 60 million yeah because they go to their local junkyard and just <laughs> pick up whatever yeah if it's got holes in it don't care yeah explosive they, bolts don't work they eh, probably use the same steel that they use in their lot of cars <laughs> <laughs> those things were made out of steel yeah they, they the I, body was like did who kinda, did that I don't know. they probably literally went to the junkyard and were like oh spaceship <laughs> spaceship let's use it i mean that's probably where they found the uh the one that uh, in the, in 1983 after that, that, a, that, oh. that well, like I said, it was refurbished and used in 1986. Yeah, that's probably where they found it. They probably like threw it away and was like, "Wait a minute, yeah, we've got a perfectly good one here." This was incredibly enlightening. Yep. Some takeaways that I got from this: Russia needs to check on bolts and valves, and but holes. otherwise they have a and holes, but otherwise they have a pretty thing good thing going. Yeah, or at least they used to. Nowadays, they used they're to. they're now they're all about the nuclear stuff and yada 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 and blah blah blah. Um, NASA, I'm coming for you. Wow. All right. I hope uh, somebody from NASA is listening because yes. uh, Alice is coming for you. Yes. Uh, I would really like to. Yeah. Let Jim Bridenstine, the administrator of NASA, let him know Alice is coming. I'm from DC. I have those political. Get, yeah. Get those. Ties. Yeah. Get those political the political powers that be and uh and get on it come for nasa nice well this has been great yeah i hope you you learned something i did Otherwise, learn. the title of the show would be yeah really inappropriate no this yes i'm alice i learned a lot of things about space from jack here uh, i'm jack i um i learned things about space so i can tell alice things about space so i can learn mm-hmm. that's the point of the show hope you enjoyed Thanks, bye.